What's your story? Whether you're a client or an independent financial advisor, we know you face many important decisions that can affect your and your clients' long-term financial success. Welcome to the WIN Podcast. What's important now with Corey Hymanson, accredited investment fiduciary and president of Hymanson Wealth Advisors. In this podcast, Corey helps you identify your goals and objectives through financial education and comprehensive planning, while inspiring you to make better behavioral decisions in your personal finance. With a twist on pop culture and current events, join us as we explore growth and protection strategies for individuals, advisors, and their businesses. Come and discover what's important to you now. Hello, and welcome to the Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. Corey, what's going on? Mr. Eric, new day. Good to see you. New day. It's good to see you too, sir. And we've got a lot to talk about today. And I'm such a geek. I love this. I love the subject that you've chosen for today. Why don't you tell the audience what we're talking about? Yeah, we're shortening up. We're calling it AI fact or fiction. AI fact or fiction. AI. And, and so uh, artificial intelligence, kind of a kind of a big phrase, I guess I'd say, I, I don't know, 2023. It seems like that's been kind of a popular topic in, mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the media and so forth. So I thought we'd dive in. Well, I, I did notice, and I, and I like this. I noticed that you're wearing a, a basketball jersey today. Um, Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. So, <laughs> so why don't you yeah, explain I mean, what, what this jersey is all about? You know, let, let's go back a step. I mean, I'm a middle-aged man. You know, how many appropriate places are there for me to actually wear an NBA <laughs> basketball jersey? <laughs> That's a good question. I have no idea. It's probably a limited hand, handful or less of local places or any places where my family would not be embarrassed with me wearing this. But anyway. Okay, hang on. We're going to pause right there for a moment. Audience, here's the deal. I would like you to send in suggestions of where Corey can wear his jersey in his local area. Just just give him suggestions and, and see you know which ones he'll go through with because I think it would be great. Church is my first thought. <laughs> okay, no, I, I don't want to do that to you. But yeah, I, I think it's great. You should be able to wear it wherever you want. Challenge accepted. Uh, you know, if I get 12 ideas, I will do the 2024 calendar of Corey Jersey spottings. <laughs> it's like, where's Waldo? <laughs> where's, where's Corey in his Jersey? That's fantastic. I love that. It is brilliant. Okay, done. Deal. <laughs> All right, back on track. So why are you wearing the Jersey? Yeah, so I am a, a Philadelphia 76er fan. Do not live in Philadelphia. Do not live anywhere near Philadelphia, but just my team growing up. My my dad was a Boston Celtics fan, and their arch rival was the 76ers, so I must have just latched onto them sort of out of an antagonistic oh, standpoint. Yeah. But anyway, I'm wearing number three today, who is my favorite Sixer of all time, right behind Julia Serving, but Allen Iverson. Okay, Allen Iverson. I get that. It's a good player. So initials, do you get the tie in here? Okay, now, now I do. I'm, it took me I'm a little bit. I'm being pretty witty. <laughs> AI. Yeah, AI. There we go. Okay. <laughs> you ring these things so far back around. You, you got oh, me on that one. <laughs> oh, but wait, there's more. Okay. <laughs> so as you say that, at the end of this podcast, I'm going to have a final reveal. Oh. Which is going to bring everything full circle. So okay. stay tuned for that. That's fantastic. Okay, I, I will stay tuned for that. We're, we're wound up today, I think, or maybe it's just me. I don't know. No, this is this is fun. Uh, you know, the, here's the thing: is I love the fact that you bring just topics to your audience that are relevant, um, that are in the news, 
obviously this, you, you started this podcast for educational purposes. I don't know how much education the audience is going to get out of today's podcast, but this is, this is, you know, it's on a lot of people's minds. It's on pretty much everybody's mind. Well, and no, I appreciate that. And, and what I've really found is I didn't get into this podcasting to put out 25 or 35 minute segments of boredom. Yeah, you know, mean, we want it fair. to be entertaining. We want it to be some, you know, there should be some education that comes out of every episode, but you know, we're here to entertain. And, yeah. and if we can have a laugh or two along the way, that's just a solid day for me. All right. So let's, do you have like a basic description of what AI is in, in your opinion or from what you've read? Yeah. You know, I, I think the, the average person, when they hear artificial intelligence, maybe they're thinking some robot from the future, you know, or something. And, and that really is not what it is. You know, if we really think about what is the basic premise here, it, it, and I think artificial intelligence is basically using computers or machines to, to mimic problem solving that, that humans deal with, you know, and, and if we can improve or make problem solving easier or thought about in a different way, it seems like that should improve society from a high level view. Yeah, I would think so. And, and, and so, you know, the person sitting at home or driving in the car right now might say, well, geez, Corey, I mean, does any of this matter to me or what, what are we talking about? And, and I think it does. I think it applies to everybody. So just me personally, as I was driving to work today, I thought, you know, how often do I use artificial intelligence or something? And then I realized how many days do I Google something? Mm -hmm. You know, essentially, I don't want some rocket scientist or computer scientist to call me out after this episode releases and, you know, tell me I'm, I'm not defining things properly. But in a simplistic standpoint, if, if I type something into Google, I'm looking for an answer. Correct. And, and machines are bringing that answer to me a lot faster than if I have to go to my shelf in the basement of my mother's house and look up the Britannica encyclopedia section. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, and those are all algorithms, right? Those are all just, it's, it's computer programming. It's a, it's a search function. You search and it, it brings you, you know, all the pages that somebody has created that the keywords will hone in on, right? So it's not artificial intelligence necessarily in for Google. It's just the algorithms doing their job. Right. And so that, that's a great point, Eric. I mean, basically, as I'm talking here and as you're joining in, we're laying the groundwork of where we're going mm -hmm. for art for this conversation of artificial intelligence. You know, so places like Google or, you know, or if you go back in time, you know, like I always laugh at askjeeves.com, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think was kind of the first one that came out. And this this was like 1996. That was the fanciest one for sure. And, and I loved it because the logo was like a butler. Uh-huh. Jeeves, your butler, you know, and that, that totally made sense because this so-called gentleman or assistant is going to help me find answers and information quickly, you know, and that apparently never stuck because then Google started in 1998 and it became the leader, at least mm -hmm. for, for quite a long time. And, and where we're going with this, yeah, these algorithms or these machines, they're, they're piling up information and, and it's just human nature. We want it to be easier and better. You know, and that's where we're going. Yeah. All right, Corey, so let me ask you this. What are you hearing from your clients? What are you hearing from the folks in, in your area? We don't, we don't live in the same area, though it's similar. We're in the Midwest. But what are you hearing from the folks around you as far as their concerns or their hopes, their, their excitement? What are you hearing? 
I, I think it, there's two categories that really come to my mind or two, two topics, two concerns. And, and the first one is, is people that say, oh, I was with so-and-so and we were talking about uh, buying red shoes for my grandson or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know, some, some specific retail item let's say. And, and then a day later or a few days later, every time they, they surf the internet on their phone or on a desktop computer, there's, there's ads for that pair of red shoes or that, mm-hmm. or that retail item. And, and people say, oh, they're, you know, the machines are listening to me. Well, heck yeah, they're listening to you. I mean, if you're sitting in your house and you've got an Alexa or you're, you've got a phone with a certain carrier that, you know, has Siri, they're built to listen to you to try and get into your life, hopefully in a good way, to, to assist you and make things easy. Mm-hmm. So uh, the point of that number one item, I guess, is that we all want life to be easier, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and that comes with a trade-off. You know, and that trade-off can be at times, well, maybe that's, I don't, want, I don't really want to say scary, but I mean, it's like, you know, there's a consequence. All decisions have consequences. How about that? Yeah. yeah. The second thing that really jumps out at me is is people that pull from the media, you know, pieces of information about self-driving cars or self-driving trucks or, you know, things of that nature. And they say, that's crazy. That's scary. And I don't know. I mean, the business owner in me says, and I'm not trying to pick on any industries, but, it, but if I own a trucking company and maybe I can have a, a truck that goes across the entire country in the middle of the night driven by artificial intelligence or I'm, I'm not paying a person to sit in that truck. I mean, that could be a bit, a, a good advancement in my industry. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and so those are maybe the two t- topics or, or items that, that get called out by clients or people I talk to, but boy, we can go down a whole list of, of, of jobs that I don't want to say would be in jeopardy, but could they be replaced by machines and, and, and be done better? And probably is the answer. At some point they will be. Absolutely. So this, and again, not to jump on the fear wagon, but let me tell you just a, an example from, from myself personally. Um, you know that I do voice work. I do voice work on the side. I, I do this podcast with you, but I also do other voice work. And I belong to a couple different groups. And there are ways to find jobs to do voiceovers and things like that. One of them happens to be Fiverr, which is a, a gig economy website that anybody can join. And, and you can do any type of work as long as it's a gig. So let's just take voice voiceover work for an example. There are companies that are asking people, hey, we'll pay you 20 bucks to read, you know, 10 paragraphs and send it into us. Some of these companies, what they're doing without people really researching what the company does or without researching where this, this recording is going within the voiceover community and voice acting community, there's, there's a huge issue because these companies will take these recordings. They paid you for it. You've signed a contract that you didn't realize in the contract says they can use this voice in perpetuity and they're creating and recreating that voice to do whatever they want. So essentially they've stolen someone's voice legally because you've signed a contract and now they can create whatever they want. If they want to have your voice read, you know, 20, 30, 20,000 books, they can do that. Never pay you because now they've got your voice and you, you were paid 20 bucks for it. Right. 
that's a huge fear among that community. And that's just one, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Like you said, truck drivers, eventually AI, eventually self-driving will get to the point where it's, it's good enough and safe enough to where they'll, the, the federal government will allow it. Um, and that can be problematic for those that have that job. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I, and I can just see people sitting in front of me saying, Oh, that, that truck without a driver. I mean, how can that be safe? How can they do that? Well, you know, you think about it, there's a lot of bad drivers in our country mm -hmm. and, and that's just people that are distracted. Maybe, maybe they're just bad drivers without being distracted, but you know, maybe they're, you hate to say under the influence of something, maybe they're tired. I mean, arguably technology driven machines might be just as safe day in and day out as the average human driver. Yeah. And I'm not trying to start a fight here, but I mean, with anybody, but it, you have to be open-minded to it. I think just look at the facts. Look, look at the facts. When I drive, I sing, I'm not distracted. I'm singing to the radio, having a good time. I'm looking around. Um, I've got my eyes on the road, but at the same time, I love to see where I'm going. I love new places. I'm taking in the scenery. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a very safe driver. I haven't had an accident in, since I was probably 16, 17 years old. Um, but bottom line is that that computer can make decisions way more decisions than I can in, in a millisecond right. comparatively, right? So it can take in all that information. And as far as safety is concerned, as long as they're able to execute what the decision-making is, and that's kind of where they're trying to figure out how do we get them to execute the right command at what point in time, it will be safer than a human being. I can't say they're there yet. I have no idea, but it will be. And so that's, that's what we have to look at. And, and, and considering all the other types of jobs that AI could do, you know, you and I spoke about chat, chat GPT. I don't know if the audience is familiar with it, but chat GPT, it, they've called it the Google killer because it's not just a search engine. It's something that can do so much more like a search engine. Like I said, it goes by the algorithms. It takes in SEO, uh, search engine optimization into consideration for what web pages it brings you. But the first time I used chat GPT, I told it, write me a children's cookbook of 10 cookie recipes that you know, someone with a third grade reading ability could follow and cook with adult assistance within 30 seconds. It wrote an entire book for me with 10 different cookie recipes. And it wasn't something that drew it from a website or it gave me a web page to look at. It drew that information from all the data that's online. It, it has every piece of data that has been online since up to 2020 is basically what they're saying. I think they've actually expanded a little bit more, but up to 2020 from the existence or the invention of the internet, it has all that info and it crawls all that and gives you that information. And it literally wrote the whole thing in 30 seconds, Corey. Right. And, and if you wanted to do that research yourself or write that same oh, yeah. book yourself, I mean, could you do it as well? Probably not. Could you do it as fast? Definitely not. Not a chance. <laughs> you know, I'd get bored so, halfway through and start making cookies. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and so then the question becomes, is the information accurate? Maybe, mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. not. But I mean, you and I could go to a library and probably pull books off a shelf. And I don't know if all that information is going to be accurate or not either. So, I mean, again, consequences to every decision, but you got to be open-minded to, Hey, this might improve my life. And maybe there's some downside to it, but I don't know. Yeah. So, so the, the, the book was one thing, right? Because you can pull recipes off the internet and they're, they're all over the place. 
the other thing that I asked it to do, and, and I'm a Trekkie and it's kind of a nerd like this, but I asked it to write a script for a Star Trek episode featuring Data, who's a robot. He wants to sing opera and his journey singing opera. And, and then I also asked it, please add a shocking event at the end of the show as a cliffhanger to keep the audience wondering what's going to happen next. 30 seconds. It wrote the entire script with all the other, the only character I asked it to write about was Data, but it incorporated all the other regular Star Trek characters because it knows them, right? It, it knows it because of all the information on the internet. 30 seconds wrote me a four part script. Amazing. And it was creative. It didn't pull it from any existing script. And that's the thing that people are, are failing to understand a lot of times with things like this. It actually can create not just duplicate or not just copy or not just send you to something that is pre-existing, it can create on the spot. And that's where that decision-making comes in when you're talking about self-driving cars and, and other types of technology. Um, I, I'm fascinated by this stuff, obviously, because I'm, I'm, I'm talking a lot. <laughs> well, but, no, and it's, it's great. I mean, and this is exactly why Alphabet, the, the company that owns Google, um, Meta, and Microsoft, these companies, they get it they understand that this is a game changer and this is probably inning one of inning nine in the baseball game of this type of thing. Um, and it's only going to improve. It's going to get bigger and better. And you know, there'll be a day when we won't use the traditional Google search probably yeah. because we want the data more specific and refined. Yeah. And, and I want to, I want to go back to something you said because it was brilliant. Is it accurate? That's, that is the absolute question the for for creating a script of course it was accurate because it's creating it I've, I've asked it to be creative i've asked it to make something up on the spot however if you ask it for information on current you know uh, relations between saudi arabia and iran it is it's not going to be able to give you it's not going to create something it's going to take the knowledge that it sees on the internet and compile it and give you a synopsis of what it believes it may not be accurate. It may be opinions taken from 17 different articles that 17 different human beings have written. And then it's saying, well, here's what I think out of these 17 different articles. That's where I would warn people. You know, when you, when you ask about is, is this scary or we talk about, is it scary? That's where it, it can be concerning. And I showed you something before we hit the record button. There is a, a website out there, um, Synthasia, and you can take you can just type your text and it has a created person. They're not real human beings. They look darn near perfect. Um, and you can create a script and they will read it as though it's a human being reading it. And you could, you could do news reports. And in fact, China has been accused of doing this a couple times where they've created fake news reports that is slanted toward the communist party, toward their, their agenda. And they put it out there in the world. You know, there was a, it was a white guy with a stubbly beard. That was the quote unquote reporter. It was all fake. The guy wasn't even a real human being, but it looked authentic. That's where people have to use discernment and say, where am I getting my news sources? Where is this coming from? Is this true? Is this accurate? How do I, how do I find out? Yeah, it is wild stuff, you know, and, and we're just on the tip of the iceberg here. But the first thing that comes to mind when, when you relay that story is people should not panic and think, oh, the world is going to end. We've had propaganda before, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, can we go look back to, let's say, World War II, you know, were there posters hanging up, were there flyers handed Absolutely. up, you know, I mean, this isn't 
a new topic or, or what's the old saying? The, the only new, the only new things in society are things or history you haven't learned or don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> like that. I really, really butchered that, but you get the gist, you know, and, you know, maybe the big thing I think about is, you know, how old is the United States? You know, we're not even 250 years old. And, and if I'm in my 50s, you know, I've experienced 20% of our country's history. And, and think about, you know, man, my, my grandmother didn't have a refrigerator, mm-hmm. you know, in her house. <laughs> I mean, she had an icebox and, you know, milk delivery and stuff like that. It's like, now we got DoorDash and we've got Siri and, you know, I mean, we can go on and on. It's just the world develops or good yeah. countries, good countries develop. How about that? You yeah. know, and, and capitalism is part of this too. And there you go there. We're into the economics and the investing part of this. Capitalism is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Companies improving themselves to make money is a good thing. And, and even in this situation, I think there will be companies that really take advantage of this stuff and improve themselves and get more profitable. And the dark side is there's going to be companies that maybe use it in a different way. And, you know, maybe we don't really want to go down that path, but I mean, it's, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But so I want to, I want to take your example and run with it just for a moment. The microwave. Can you, can you, I'm sure there are people in this listening audience that remember their grandmothers or even maybe even their parents that when the first microwave came out or when they first found out about the microwave and they saw it in the store, they're like, there's no way on God's green earth that's coming to my house. It, you know, it, it cooks things in that box like an oven does, but there's no heat. There's zero heat. You open the door, there's no heat. You open the door of an oven, you get blasted in the face with 450 degrees of, of air, right? So how is this cooking? It's it's not magic. It's got to be some sort of radiation or, you know, especially when the microwave was <laughs> introduced during nuclear time, they're like, oh, this is going to blow up my house. Right. So there's always something that is, it's disconcerting because people don't know how it works. And I think that that's part of this. And, and I want to take it back because not too many years ago, Corey, robo-advisors were the big news topic. Robo-advisors are going to take over the industry. And what it boils down to is trust. People aren't going to trust a robotic advisor who doesn't have a relationship with them. This is what you do on a daily basis. You build relationships, you build trust. You know, everybody's talking, can you trust a self-driving car? Can you trust an AI? Can you trust this, this these videos that are being created by countries that want to have, you know, spread their own agenda? No, not necessarily. What you can trust is a relationship. So I, I'd love for you to talk kind of about how robo-advisors crept up and, and I really haven't heard a whole lot about them for the past couple of years because people, I think, realize it's relationships. Oh, exactly, exactly. And the thing that I think drove the robo-craze, let's say, is that they really pitched cost yeah, or or lack of cost. You know what I mean? That, that mm-hmm. people could use a robo platform and, and get the same portfolio or same service as their neighbor and the next person down the street, regardless of anything personal to those individuals. You know, you just got painted with the same brush. Yeah. Everybody that falls into this certain age category, you get red apples in your bucket. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. But, you know, maybe you have different situations in your life or a different background, different future, different goals. And so you need bananas and, and oranges in that bucket and not just red apples, you know, and yeah. cost is, is really only important when you're, when you're weighing it with value. You know what I mean? If, if you get value for whatever you spent, 
that was a good decision. You know, and and that right there is probably why some people drive really cheap cars and some people take expensive vacations because they have different priorities. Mm-hmm. They have different um, opinions of what is valuable to them. And, and if you get value that exceeds your cost, that was a really good thing. And a, an advisor, whether it's me or somebody else that, that's like me, that's an accredited fiduciary, we are people that deliver value day in and day out and you can get better outcomes when you have somebody that cares about you. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the relationship is key, right? I mean, I think that's, I don't think anybody can argue that point, right? There, there's no relationship with, with a car that's, that's self-driving. Good for it. <laughs> I yeah. would, I'm going to tell you, I would love one that would self-drive me to San Antonio when we go visit family because doggone it, 14 and a half hours sucks. <laughs> you know, we, we always drive because there's always a group of us. And if I could have it do that, I could do something other than have my hands on the wheel and stare at the road and get stuck in traffic and stuff for that entire time. I can't tell you. Okay, so we did take my daughter's car down the last time we went, and it's got adaptive cruise control, and it's got lane recognition and all that jazz. My car doesn't. Hers does. It's super. (laughs) So I can't tell you how nice it was when we were going through, I think it was in Austin. We were passing through the Austin area, and there was bumper-to-bumper traffic. I didn't have to use the brake pedal or the gas pedal because it was still it was still moving and it was still under cruise control. So it would, it would when the car in front of me would move, it would go with it, and when slow down, it would stop. <laughs> I was like, "This is fantastic! I don't have were, to do this back and forth pedal stuff." You weren't even in the front seat. You were probably laying in the back seat by that uh, point. No, no my, my arms aren't long enough because you do have to hold on to the wheel. Otherwise, it'll say, "Put your hands on the wheel." <laughs> Starts yelling at you, reprimanding you. Exactly. It doesn't self-drive completely. But uh, most of the cars these days have like an adaptive cruise control where it'll match the speed of the car in front of you just for your own safety and, and so on and so forth. That, that's great. That takes just a little bit of the stress and strain off my my legs going back and forth for as long as they would in, in you know, bumper-to-bumper traffic. Like you know, most people have experienced that. Um, but... Eventually, I'd like it to self-drive itself so I could take a nap or whatever. You know, whatever's going to be allowed in the future. Yes, I'll be in the backseat <laughs> hanging out with well, the kids or whatever, playing with the grandkids. You know, we'll play yeah. cards, right? <laughs> so You know, and, and that's something I see all the time is that people, clients, they seem to focus on little things far too often. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, people need to enjoy the bigger things. Mm-hmm. You know, enjoy family, enjoy your hobbies and things like that. And so if there's tools or little things like this that can can free up some of your time, that's a win also Absolutely. because you can enjoy the things that are really more important because, hey, father time is undefeated, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have a limited amount of time on this earth. And so why not enjoy what you can enjoy? Control what you can control and and go about your day and stay optimistic. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, I love that. And again, I know that I I talked a lot on this podcast. I kind of took it over. I apologize. Um, I'm passionate about it. I I hope people don't fear it. But I just want to reiterate that you have to be able to trust what you're working with, no matter what that is. And first and foremost, if there's a job that's being done by a human being, that is an opportunity for a relationship over a technology, right? And I think that that's that's what I would leave the audience with. Right. And, and interestingly enough, just the other day, I, I, I saw a quote from Elon Musk, the, 
the leader of Tesla, the, the electric that car Twitter company. guy. <laughs> and, and Twitter. Yeah, that too. SpaceX. I mean, we can yeah. go on. Um, but he was, he was indicating that he thought someday, and I don't know what someday means, basically every human in the United States would have its own artificial intelligent assistant. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so I don't take that as, oh my gosh, we're all going to be replaced. No. What he's saying is, and that's a stretch to me, but I mean, if that happened, each one of us would have something, a, a, a thing, I don't want to call it a robot, but a thing that would make our lives easier. But we would still value the relationships with other humans, just like you mentioned. Yeah. I just don't want Neuralink in my brain <laughs> because that's, by the way, that's the chip that he is. It's a chip interface that he's, you know, been part of creating. <laughs> yes. I, I like the guy. I think he's... He, he, he does a lot of amazing things uh, with a group of a lot, really smart people around him. It's not like he's doing this all by himself, but uh, I, could, I could do without the hardware in my brain. Well, and, and he would admit it too. He's a person that's had successes. He's had failures, successes again. You know, I mean, people that have innovative ideas don't always bat a, a thousand percent. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know? So there you now, go. The saving grace for that is that I, I believe that one of the things that he really would like to do with it is help people with disabilities. And the one thing, one that I'm bringing up specifically is Parkinson's, right? It's not saying that that's geared toward it, but I know that I have seen some video and I have seen some data where Parkinson's has been helped by a computer that is helping to do little electrodes or however it does its job, yep. that it helps stimulate parts of the brain that that lessen the effects or eliminate the effects of Parkinson's is not obviously being used widely because uh, it hasn't been approved yet or whatever. But I think that that's where a lot of people's hearts are in, in situations like this. I just don't want that, you know, assistant in my brain going, dude, you're late again. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> right. You know, you need to run to your next appointment. I don't want to hear that in my brain. So yeah. no. And, and that's awesome. I mean, and, and that really gets to, you know, sometimes I have to remind clients, especially older ones, they, they maybe start to get negative on the next generation or society, mm -hmm. things like that. And I'll remind them, in general, is your life better today than it was a year ago, 10 years ago, 60 years ago? You know, and I'm not trying to make yeah. that as a political statement to try and pick a party or any of that stuff. I'm just saying, in general, for most people, barring bad health changes, I think life does get better year by year. Yeah, agreed. And, and that's, I think your point is that's due to the younger generation usually, right? Right. You know, we, each generation has its moments where it's invented something, it's discovered something, it's created something. Um, and the stuff that you and I are going to be experiencing and enjoying over the next 20 to 25 years, most likely will not be created by somebody our age. It'll be somebody who's a couple decades younger than us that is you know, fresh, brand new, getting in there and really, really having some uh, pretty amazing ideas. Yeah. And, and the first thing that comes to my mind is I think my generation created MTV and I'm talking music video TV. Yes. Probably not Jersey Shore MTV. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a good thing. And then somebody came along and ruined it. The next generation ruined that one. That, that's, I think, the point of that story. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah. man. All right, so I've been waiting all, all podcast for your tie-in. You, you, you said that there's going to be this big reveal at the end of this thing. It's not just big. It's huge. It's huge. It's huge. <laughs> the final reveal. Here we go. We're circling back to Alan Iverson. He had a second nickname. Did you know that? I didn't know that, no. He was known as The Answer. Right. So there you go. 
all of this artificial intelligence stuff, everything we just talked about for, I don't know, 30-ish minutes, isn't it really just about answers? There you go. That was a pretty big, that was a pretty amazing tie-in, my friend. I'm going to, I'll be honest. <laughs> I did not, again, didn't see it coming. I should have asked chat GPT what was going on there. Probably would have Yeah, yeah. Should Where's Corey going with this? Should have contacted my avatar and booked a meeting last <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just want an avatar that looks better than I do. Is that possible? <laughs> I mean, I know it's possible, but I, I don't know how much I'm going to have to pay for it. <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing, Corey, we... We boiled this down to, or at least in my mind, we boiled it down to relationship is more important than technology at this point. And it, I think it's always going to be that way. So if people want to start that relationship, reach out to you, have a conversation, whether it's about this or Allen Iverson or, or their future, um, how do they get hold of you? Absolutely. Give us a call. 800-657-4316. We're happy to talk about any topic, answer any question. Fantastic. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thank you. You bet. And our last thank you goes to you, listening audience. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to The Win Podcast with Corey Hymanson. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Corey comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. And we humbly ask that you share this podcast, rate it, and leave a review, as this actually does help others find the show. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Hymanson Wealth Advisors, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the win podcast. What's important now, the show that helps you achieve your financial dreams to ask questions about topics covered during the show, or get a copy of stop doing dumb things with your money by Corey Hymanson. Visit www.hymansonwealth.com or give us a call at 712-472-3867. Don't forget to click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. Hymanson Wealth Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.